Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we've got Will Meadows, Sarah Meadows, Anna Hendrick, Ryan Hendrick, and Ryan Pills in the house. Hello, everybody. So this episode will be coming out right after Thanksgiving-ish, a couple days. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully, we'll have a happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. We have been, as usual, playing some board games, doing some live playthroughs. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit on the show today. And then I think one of the things that we're going to talk about in the show, in addition to our Kickstarter connection, all those great things, is some of our Thanksgiving gaming traditions. And we got some. We got some. We want to know if you guys have some. And or if you're going to be starting some this year, because we got some games we got to play. So let's start off right there. How many of you have been playing games recently? Oh, I see those hands. Good job. <laughs> they literally raise their hands. I appreciate y'all. Uh, what, what stuff have you been getting to the table most recently? Ryan, you guys been playing anything? Yeah, we've been playing Redwood. We got a, a video coming out. You'll be able to watch it by the time you listen to this podcast. Ooh. It is a game about taking photos in a redwood forest you're trying to uh, capture the wildlife both flora and fauna so on your turn you have a little figurine which represents your photographer and you select two templates one of them is a movement template and one of them is your photo template with your movement template you then uh, snap it onto the base and uh, manipulate it to show where the end of it is going to go. And these are arc-shaped. Yes. It's an arc of different lengths. So you really have to estimate well, which is I'm not good at. Yeah. So uh, so you should back up just a little bit and explain the overall picture because when I first heard about this game, I assumed it was like a set collection card game. It's actually more like a typical battle movement shooting with guns kind of game, but with a totally different theme, right? Sure. <laughs> I, I think it's a little different because you're not aiming at the other players. No, you're typically. aiming at picture-taking yeah. opportunities. Yeah, a very different theme. Shooting and pointing with a camera. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, once you've pulled your arc and manipulated where you want to go, you put your other figurine, which matches your first one, on the end of it, and then you remove the first figurine. And then with that second figurine, you snap in your photography uh, template, which is a big... Um, it's it's another arc, but instead of being like an arc like a C, it's an arc like a fan, I guess. So I describe it. And some of them <laughs> are funny. Narrower. You can't see it, but Ryan is making little motions, motions with his fingers to it help us so understand. I wish you could see yeah. them. So and that it's so you have this big fan piece, and you're trying to cover animals, and there's two holes in the fan. Um, so I think the fan represents like your camera angle, right? Like yeah. your field of view. Yeah. So like how narrow your focus is or how uh, wide it is and mm-hmm. how close. Wide angle lens versus yeah. that. Yeah. And then uh, down the middle of the fan is a line. So the line, wherever it's, it's pointing, 
is your background and you're trying to get kind of one of each background because they're like different uh, biomes, I guess. And if you get them in a specific order, you get bonus points. And then you're trying to get one of each animal because each animal is worth points. But if you get a variety of animals, it's worth even more. And then you're trying to get the sequoias, which I consistently call sycamores. It's probably <laughs> going to be in our video. I just cannot get the word sycamore out of my head. Going to be a great outtake. And then uh, flowers. If you play easy, just straight up one point each flowers. But if you play on the hard mode, you try to get variety of flowers and you get seven points for every three different flowers you get. And uh, it is a tricky game. My dad played with us, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, I was just noticing, like, he's getting older because he was having a hard time uh, keeping the pieces still because mi millimeters matter in this game. And he's, like, shaky hands as he's moving his fingers. So I was like, oh, Dad, don't get old. Tr trimmer game, watch out. <laughs> yeah, but lots of fun. Check it How out. How long of a gameplay experience is it? Well, you play five turns. Um if you are prepared, the turns can go pretty fast, but I think our games have gone about an hour, hour and a half. Okay. All right. Interesting. This is the type of game where it caught my attention because the box cover is beautiful and the components for it are interesting and unique. When you flip over the box, you're like, oh, what are all these weird, crazy pieces? What I didn't get was, are you placing the animals in different places every time? Are they printed on the board? Oh, What's so, the replayability look like? Yeah. So there's seven different animals, I believe. And they all have a biome, two biomes that are their favorites. So um, there's an initial card which tells you where to put them initially. But once you take a photo of them, they migrate. Uh -huh. So you have to put them in another hole in one of the – so there's holes in the board. You have to put, place them in another one of these holes that um, is in a biome that they enjoy. Okay, interesting. So the board already predetermines like the – the locations that things can go in, which will help yeah. ensure so, that you don't end up in weird situations where yeah, you can't even get animals to are never going to be them. touching, and so, they're also not going to be like on the edge of the board because you couldn't even get your camera there. Maybe, yeah. There's rules for how far away you can go. And okay, interesting. Yep. Yeah, it is tricky because it's big points if you get all seven animals, but you only have five turns. So in order to do that, you have to double up on them. I do not know how you get more than one animal in a shot. <laughs> I have tried so many times, cannot get the angle down. Interesting. Well, cool. I definitely want to try this one out. It sounds very fascinating. Anna, what have you been playing recently? Yeah, so we uh, recently played Forever Home, uh, which is kind of exactly what it sounds like. So you are um, shelter workers in... Um, a, a dog shelter, and you are um, training and collecting dogs, and then to in order to rehome the dogs into the best situation. So, what you really want to do is um, come back with the most reputation as a trainer um, by rehoming the dogs into the suburbs, into the city, and um, it's it's a, a kind of a puzzly set collection type of game super cute um obviously great for any dog lovers out there mm -hmm. um the art is a lot of fun um and it was just a, a nice and quick easy little pickup game do you know who that publisher was on that one is it birdwood games birdwood and game. dsb okay yeah very cool sarah what you been playing anything busy mom thanksgiving prep uh, yeah, no, I've been working on trying to get our pledge manager going. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's been the focus 
of my time recently. Also, I've been printing all of the merch Uh for Tantrum Con. So I've played a lot of prototype games, actually, which we'll talk about them later in this show, in this episode. Uh, One game I got to the table recently that I didn't expect, and I haven't played for a long time, was The Game. That's a fun Uh, one. Taught this to some friends who are casual gamers. Now, the game we played after this was actually Ezra and Nehemiah, (laughs) the prototype. So, you know, we jumped a lot of levels there. But uh, the game, yeah, enjoyable. You know, like 15 minutes. It's great. Right before you played that, I was playing the new Orion Duel game that we picked up at Essen Spiel. Uh, that one's from Madigo. It's a two-player game. It actually reminds me. It has some similar mechanics to that. Oh, no. I'm not going to remember the name. Bug game. Garden Guests mm-hmm. game that we just played on Kickstarter, where it's a game where you've got a hex-based board. You are trying to put out tokens on it in order to make connections and we played Garden Guests. It was delightful. I actually enjoyed that more than I thought I would, just based on the look of it. Orion Duel is that, plus it's cooler and has better components in art. <laughs> the game comes with a play mat, which is cool. Like It's not an add-on or anything like a deluxe component. It just comes with a play mat. You have all these wooden tokens that have like black holes and exploding stars and, and your color... Um, of space on it and so you're placing hexes on the board trying to make connections across the board and it's interesting because you all the hexes that you place have like at least two of your color on it as well as one other as one of as well as one of your opponent's colors on it so you have to be careful not just to strategically place yours and make your connections and get across the board or connect three wormholes or whatever but you also have to be careful not to set them up for victory as well. I was playing this with Larry and I beat him the first time because granted he didn't know how to play. And then the second time he was like rematch. Let's do it. I, I thought I had it in the bag. I made it like all the way across the board. I was like one piece away. I set it up so that it didn't matter if he blocked me on the left. I was still going to win. If he blocked me on the right. I was still going to win. And then he like started laughing and I was like, what? And he placed the tile that connected my pieces to I, I think it's actually the wormholes or black holes. I don't know which one it is. And if you connect three or four with your pieces, you lose. And I had been so set on like, I'm setting myself up for double victory. There's no way he can defeat me that I didn't even notice that when he put one of my colors in, it connected the the bad stuff that I wasn't supposed to connect. And I lost and he won. And I was not very happy about that. But, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but it's a really interesting game because it has those kind of twists in it. You've got to pay attention to a lot of different things and uh, really, really fun components. Ryan, other Ryan, second Ryan. Ryan uh, depends on who you talk to first. What's up, H? Oh, <laughs> uh, you you been playing anything cool? Well, so hosted another Blood on the Clock Tower night. Oh, which y- yeah, there. you guys were at this one, and it was oh my gosh, this one was it was wonky. a top ten. It was a top ten experience. This one was wonky. <laughs> so the first game was not a top ten experience. No, and I lost it for our team yet again. I was the contributing factor to the loss. I was not on that team. I won. <laughs> it was it was my first time doing one of the harder scenarios, and there were all kinds of mistakes that were made and stuff. I mean, people still had fun with it and whatnot, um, but one of the people, he just figured everything out yes. in the first round. It was gross. It was um, very convenient for our team. Yeah, for the, <laughs> he was the, for the good team, it was great. For the storyteller... That's my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the juggler, and his whole role is like on the first night, guess five people's roles, and then the storyteller has to tell you how many are correct. And 
I he got them all right, yeah, but got, one. Right, and we knew which one it was, basically, which was very helpful. <laughs> well, it was funny. I talked to him afterward, and when he found out what his role was, initially he said, this is dumb. What This, this role is going to suck. And then he just Googled. While I was talking, he Googled, how do I use this role? And they were, <laughs> and they were saying, uh, basically, he found online, you want to get people to fess up to what they are, and then that way you can just ask straight up. And get and confirm or deny. So don't guess. Go to people. Try to find out. Yeah, and he then told us confirm what his role was. And he, I mean, he was like, "I'm the juggler. Tell me what your role is, and I'll find out if you're lying or not." And so four <laughs> of us told him the truth. <laughs> and I told him who I knew Sarah was because we were. She was the evil twin. And I was, well, was a good, a good twin. twin. So he knew who I was. It was great. Yeah, I thought that would be a fun pairing. It wasn't. So <laughs> so we learned from our experiences on that one. Then we went back to the basic round. Yeah. Which you just can't beat that basic scenario. It, it's so good. It's so much fun. So we did trouble brewing. And it was hilarious because my brother and my cousin were there. My cousins played multiple times. My brother, he played that first wonky game. And then he played this one. And with this game, both of them were good. And so they talked, they, they, (laughs) we'll get to that. They talked to each other beforehand and just, they wanted to trust each other and everything. So one of them was one role. The other one was another role and that my cousin could gather information. And then my brother, they had some sort of plan to, you know, trip everyone up. Yeah. They were telling everybody else the opposite role. So they had swapped roles basically. In the hopes when, of getting in, Tyler, in, my yeah, brother killed. Yeah, in the killed. hopes to keep the person who could gather all the information alive. It was a really, it was actually it, a it really was a, good it was a strategy. It was an excellent plan. strategy, except my cousin Trust was issues. drunk. <laughs> my cousin was drunk, which means in the in Blood on the Clock Tower, I am feeding that man lies. Everything out of my mouth is not helping him. So it was hilarious because about halfway through the game, so they're, you know, they're fighting together, they're working together, all of that stuff. About halfway through the game, my brother is realizing the information that he's getting is not adding up. And so... During so rather than assume that he's drunk and that his cousin is drunk, he assumes he's been lying to and playing him the whole time. <laughs> and so he gets up and addresses the room like a prosecuting attorney. It felt like a court case episode of like <laughs> of Matt Locker. <laughs> yeah. And I present the evidence to the court. Let oh, it be known. <laughs> no, it was hilarious. And so he goes through his entire spiel. Well, when that happened, my cousin wanted to cut him. <laughs> so he just, then it just became the two of them trying to tear each other down, get each other killed, all that and stuff. And they're both townsfolk. <laughs> right, they're both good. I'm on the other side like, oh, you just take all the attention you want. You guys can have the floor. They were in the game until that happened. And then once once they were at each other's throats, they good had no chance. Yeah. And it no. it was hysterical. As a storyteller, I was watching that and it was so hard to not just burst out <laughs> laughing every time they said something. Yeah, he's aggressively defending himself. He no, I'm telling the truth. You must be on the bad guy team if you're trying to lie to me. Me, me, Sarah and Anna actually were all yeah. the yes, bad guys. We were all and all sitting next to each other. And yeah. all sitting next to each other, which was a crucial point piece of evidence for the townsfolk to try and get us out of the game. Well then they were the cousin and the brother were so mad at each other. We voted one of them out and <laughs> killed one at night. Yeah, we killed one at night. And then the other one was so mad that used the ghost their vote. ghost vote <laughs> to vote, to vote the him. other player off and we ended up winning the game for evil. 
It was. It was, it was so it was, funny. It was so good. <laughs> it was. It was one of the fa- my favorite things. I was sitting that. there counting like the number of alive players left, the number of votes that we had, and right as I was like, "Oh, I don't know if we got enough," he literally was like, "I don't care who nominates you, I'm voting for you." <laughs> and I was like, "I nominated him. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and finish this off." Uh, uh, it was also funny seeing you manipulate your your children that you love so much. <laughs> <laughs> you manipulated Lincoln so badly. <laughs> they play me all the time. So no... They do. Yeah, they th- do. Th- that's just the the Meadows family. No so it was skill. It was a top ten. That was a fun game. That was a good one. The energy level and the performances of that were superior. Oh, were so good! Excellent stuff. All right, well, let's jump from this into our Kickstarter conniption. Kickstarter conniption. This episode, we'll be talking about five games coming to a crowdfunding platform near you during the last week of November and first week of December 2023. Will, start us off. Happy to. I'm looking at the game Tiny Epic Cthulhu coming from Gamelin Games. They are still rocking the Tiny Epic Kingdoms world uh, in this new Cthulhu version. It's going to be a one to four player cooperative bag building game where you will, of course, be trying to summon Cthulhu, avoid going insane, uh, work together as a team to achieve some great things. Uh, One of the cool, I'm actually kind of... I almost always enjoy the Tiny Epic games. There's like one or two that kind of fell flat for me, but the vast majority of them are big game experiences crammed into a tiny little fantastic box. And this one has piqued my interest. It looks very cool. It features, as you might not have guessed, a spinner. I haven't played a good spinner game ever. (laughs) So this has the potential. To be the first. What do you what do you mean spinner? Like like a flick flick the spinner and then like see what you get as a result. Ooh. So there's a, a twister. A twister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Excellent stuff. This is uh, it's a, a a cooperative game. So you're working together. You're going to be uh, traveling around the board trying to translate the Necronomicon. So I don't know what action that involves, but you're trying to translate this book in order to read it and then to be able to unlock Cthulhu. And there's going to be some push-your-luck elements in it where, of course, the more insane you get, the more effective your turns are going to be. However, if you go too far, then you went too far. And I don't know what the penalty is for that, but uh, (laughs) you're going to be traveling around trying to accomplish things as a team, uh, unlock Cthulhu, do all the normal Cthulhu-themed things, but... Uh, in the tiny epic universe with a spinner, with some bag building, with some pusher luck. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a great time. So check that one out from Gambling Games. Coming to, did you say Game Found? I can't remember where that one was going to be at, but check it out. Be looking for it. Kickstarter, as per the huge. Ryan, what are you looking at? Coming to Game Found is Draconicus, the fantasy board game by the Yellow Hand. This is a narrative-style RPG game, but it looks like instead of being cooperative like a lot of these RPG-type games are, this one's competitive. So there's a map, you've got minis, and you're racing across the map to collect quest artifacts and get back to your village to achieve trophies. And it, uh, it looks pretty sweet. The, the minis are pretty nice. I'm not exactly sure how the gameplay is going to go, but uh, they do have a GameFound page you can check out, uh, and that's 
coming this next week. So check it out. Draconicus, the fantasy board game. Ryan, do you have something? I do have something. So coming to Kickstarter on December 1st is Fire Noodle Eating Champs, the dice game. That's a fun name. I just got heartburn thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a 1v1 type of game. You're rolling dice, and basically you are trying to be the first to eat all of your bowls of noodles and to grab the trophy. It's, a, a as you could probably guess, a two-player game. It takes about five to ten minutes, and basically you're going to be uh, you know, matching noodle toppings, using spicy fire noodle cards, and then once everything has the appropriate toppings, you chow down and all that fun stuff. Uh, so just a... Sounds like it's going to be a good one if you go to a ramen shop with your you know friend or significant other and you just eat fire noodle eating or you you eat you play fire noodle <laughs> eating chips the dice game and then you play with your noodles afterward december 1st kickstarter anna what's what do you got yeah next up we've got firefighters on duty by artipia games this one is currently on kickstarter um it is a real time cooperative game where teamwork really is oh, very man. important. <laughs> if you want to see oh. this in action, you could check out our playthrough that we played live. It was it was frantic quite experience. We, we were, I mean, just like any real firefighting experience, I would think it. There's a lot of like quick actions, quick thoughts being need to like happen, and I mean, we were on top of each other and trying to move the fire engines and rescue people from the buildings. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm normally not one for cooperative games, but I kind of liked the chaos of it um, and yep. working cooperatively. So, Yeah, this one yeah. has a scenario book. So you have tons of different setup ability with different uh, modular tiles. And then depending on how well you handle putting out fires and handling events on the board... Uh, it may get better for you, it may get worse before it gets better. <laughs> or things could be looking really good, and then suddenly everything gets worse. And then or, you just notice that one right. person is you let Greg in the in fire. The, fire. <laughs> the worst. Oh, poor Greg. Oh. Sarah, what do you got? Uh, coming to Kickstarter is Colonial 1700 to 1800. This is a strategic card game for one to five players, and uh, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to play. It's for two to five players. This is a self-published game about the different powers in Europe during uh, the 18th century. So if there's France, Great Britain, Spain, Netherlands, and Portugal can also be involved, and you have some hand management of the cards and war game mechanics that you might be familiar with. And uh, there is a campaign in the game. So that is coming to um, Kickstarter by Dominus Isephus. Uh, or sorry, Game Found on December 4th. Colonial, 1700 to 1800. Do you have to be smart to play it? Like, does it look like a f educational game or like a fun game? Or can it be both? <laughs> Probably both. Oh. Edutainment. Edutainment. I hope it is. Any uh, battle game is going to have both. It sounds like it might. I didn't actually pay attention to what dates you said, but maybe we could have some Thanksgiving tie in there. Is there like a, were they celebrating Thanksgiving back then? 
No. <laughs> Not in <laughs> Europe. Colonial? In the United oh, yeah. States. Yes, this is about Europe. Oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. I was thinking about fun games. Oh, I hope they have a great campaign. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some Thanksgiving things because that's what our next topic is. Uh, where should we begin? Thanksgiving is in two days or three. Three, two days? Two days. And I'm ready to stop working and play games now, but I'm probably going to have to work for at least two more days. <laughs> and then we're going to play some games. One of the Meadows recent traditions is that we bust out like a good three to four hour game on Thanksgiving evening to play with the family. And we started that when Liam was pretty young and we threw him into some pretty heavy games and he was ready for it. I think Xander has been slacking off. We need to get him into the heavy games. What game are we playing this Thanksgiving? Well, the last two years has been Everdell with all of the expansions, all of them, all at once. Yikes. So it does take three hours because we're doing more stuff than you normally would in a normal game. Did Lincoln play last year? No. Lincoln did not? Lincoln didn't play last year. Xander obviously didn't. Yeah. It was Liam and you and I. In years past, we've actually played Caverna. And some years we've had friends over for Thanksgiving, and so we've played like a seven-player Caverna game. Days, but good days. (laughs) And we take a pie break in the middle. It's really good. It is a great time. I think this year we're actually planning to play the new Panic in Gotham City, which is a massive box game from someplace, DC something something. I don't remember what it is. And it's an augmented reality game. Ryan, or not Ryan, Kevin and Melissa and Hannah were all raving about it. And it looked like the type of game that Xander would be interested in because you basically unfold this box and the entire city of Gotham pops up on your table. Hmm. And then you use your iPads and your phones to like, look at different spots on the board and you're solving puzzles and catching bad guys. And I don't have any, I didn't read the rules. I'm hoping it's like open the box and it just, you read one card and you're ready to go. But that is my plan. And I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be great. And I'm sure we will be playing some social deduction games with our kids. We have figured out how to play werewolf with no moderator. So we usually end up playing several games with our kids and all the neighbor kids. So that is a tradition. And then Friday after Thanksgiving, we end up having all of the neighbors over for leftover Thanksgiving. So they bring all their leftovers and we eat different leftovers. So you get a second entire Thanksgiving experience with new food. And then we play games all day. So probably playing a wide variety of stuff probably some party games some easier games lots of stuff some people call that friendsgiving but sarah calls it leftover thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) okay but it's it's not it is (laughs) that is true we have a call with a dave it's neighborhood thanksgiving that definitely sounds better than leftover Thanksgiving. You guys got any traditions? What are you guys playing? What's your plans for Thanksgiving? We don't have traditions, really, uh, but we are going to have some some pretty fun gaming this Thanksgiving. Uh, let's see. We are we're going to have a couple over, not on Thanksgiving Day. Usually on Thanksgiving Day, we bring something very simple, like a social type of game that we can play with your family, something very lightweight. That are, are definitely like party games. Um I was trying to think what we Green picked Team up. Wins, yeah. So Clover, things like that. Chameleon. So, Chameleon, we've Chameleon done those. Chameleon's a big one. Um, 
but this, so that'll probably happen on Thanksgiving Day. The day after, we're gonna have uh, some friends over. We're gonna play something. Leftover we Thanksgiving. don't. No, <laughs> just the day after. Oh, okay. uh, not, still doesn't have a ring to it. But no, I might actually a, smoke ribs ooh, on Friday for that one. Ooh, so. That's right. We're doing that, and then uh, we'll have friends. them over. We don't know what we're playing yet. We'll probably give them some options and let them choose. Because it's been a while since we hung out with them. And then the following day, I'm having guys time. And we're going to be continuing our Gloomhaven campaign. Mm. Anna's going to be cutting hair. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I've got a cut and color. Okay. So, yep. That's that's us. Sounds like a great time. Ryan, other Ryan, original Ryan. OG right. Ryan. OG Ryan. We usually try to get Firefly. Yeah, I do it. Table. Uh, this year, I'm going to try to see if I can persuade my brother-in-law to give Star Trek Ascendancy another chance. Oh, okay. Um, but we aren't going to be spending that much time with him, so maybe that's <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, I th- do think I'm going to try to introduce my other brother-in-law, other side of the family, uh, to raising robots. So I think Ooh. that's going to go over well. He doesn't know it's coming. but Surprise uh, attack! This is going to be his new favorite game. So, <laughs> surprise robot invasion <laughs> if you get bored and you want to oh it's not ready yet if you want to whet your appetite and be excited uh myself ryan jonah and kevin put together our top 10 games of 2023 list just recently we shot it it's not been edited yet but it will be alive before christmas and it includes some fantastic games including raising robots so you guessed where that's at in the list but it was a hot one from this year very much enjoyed it uh, give me the rundown on firefly because it's been a while since I've experienced it. Are you playing every expansion, no expansions, the whole table? We play every expansion except for the Bounty Hunter and Pirates expansion because uh, for only playing it once a year, that one's kind of uh, cutthroat. Vicious. Attacking people and that sort of thing. But we have all the other expansions, I think. Well, they just released like the definitive edition or something. We don't have whatever came in that. We didn't spring for the upgrade pack or whatever. But... Yeah, so you collect a crew and equipment, and then you try your hand at um, misbehaving, aiming to misbehave, and then you horribly fail your skill check, and all your people <laughs> get arrested or killed, and you start over. <laughs> <laughs> Further from your goal than when you were starting. Who all is in this game? Is this you, Katie? Who else playing? Oh, it's me and Katie, and then whoever we can have join in. Valerie has been joining in with us. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because um, so. she's not as big of a board game player as she had been. But I do think she likes Firefly. And family traditions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and maybe we'll try to get one of our girls in. Ooh. Um, I don't know if the oldest is quite there yet, but she's starting to show, show more interesting games. That's so cool. it's coming. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the Firefly tradition is a great one. We'd love to know what traditions you guys have. Feel free to hit us up anytime. We'd love to chat with you guys. You can do it on social media. Usually we post our podcast episodes to our Facebook page and a couple other ones out there. So if you're listening, we'd love to know what are your Thanksgiving traditions? What games are you guys playing this year? What Do you guys do the big, heavy games? Do you do the fast, easy, short, fun games? Uh, let us know. And then be sure as... We're going to be saying for the next couple of months to learn more about TantrumCon. You can learn more at TantrumCon.com. It's coming up January 25th through the 28th. We've got the schedule being put together right now. And we hope to have that posted. Uh, it probably won't actually be till January, but we'll have a huge list of learn to play events, of special VIP gaming experiences. We've locked in a lot of our tournament meals. We're going to have, there's going to be meals at like every possible time that you can eat. <laughs> we got second brunch, third lunch, Lunch cheese. What is it? What I 
I'm so bad at Lord of the Rings references. <laughs> <laughs> I need Jody. Second here. breakfast. That, what's thirdsies? What's the next one? Eleven Zs. Eleven Zs. I couldn't figure out the eleven Zs. We got so many different opportunities. Those are always a blast. Very thankful for all the uh, publishers and board game designers who are helping to sponsor those and whose games we're going to get to be able to play and give away at those events. Our library, I just heard, hit over a thousand games that are going to be available for people to check out. We've also got a huge play to win selection of games where you'll be able to come and try out the games and have a chance at winning them. It's going to be a great time. All the plans are coming together. We are excited. We just visited the venue. It's a super cool space. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Hopefully we will see you there. Hopefully you had a happy Thanksgiving and hopefully you played some great games. If not, go do that one right now. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House board game podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650.